Richardson. Stopped by Platt. Here's Steve Bold. And it's Adams. Put through by Bold. Would you believe it? That sums it all up. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another episode of That Sums It All Up. I hope everyone is keeping themselves well. We're happy to have you with us here today. By us, I mean, of course, we are joined by Johnny. Johnny, how are we? Yeah, I'm doing very well. I'm still sort of... I'm just over the moon about yesterday's performance. We're going to sort of dig into it a lot deeper over the next hour, but what an evening. I couldn't think of a better way to to end the weekend to start a week this morning just with the the praise that we've been getting in all sort of four corners of the media where i'm lapping it up i'm sure you're lapping it up but it's been it's been a brilliant brilliant last 24 hours uh how have you been enjoyed yesterday massively and um i was going to ask you how your vocal cords were they were right i i, I, I don't i'm not that hoarse but i I walked past the the Ashburton army on the way to the game on the oh, yeah. on the way to the stadium. I put a little tweet out, and that was something because I see them. You've obviously we've been to a game together, so you know my seats are quite fairly high up and mm. sort of near the halfway line, so in the middle, and they're obviously behind one of the goals and on the clock end. So I never really experienced them before. I've not, I've not experienced them before at all uh, in close proximity. But I walked past them yesterday, and they're very, they're very intimidating. We've all got balaclavas on. One's carrying a big drum. They're all dressed in black. It's really like sort of like Italian ultras or something. Like it was really something to behold. I, I stopped to record them, and I was like, "Well, are they going to get pissed off at me for recording or something?" <laughs> uh, obviously, they didn't, and everyone's an Arsenal fan at the end of the day. But what that was just a great entry to to the to the stadium or to the cauldron that is now the Emirates Stadium, and um, and yeah, I'm I'm not too. My vocal cords are fine, but um, but I'm sure theirs aren't this morning. I can yeah. tell you that with some certainty. Let's take it right back to the beginning. And uh, we're going to really, as you say, <laughs> as you said, we're really going to digest this, analyse it as it as it deserves. So, I mean, first of all, you mentioned already you saw the Ashburton Army before the game. What was the atmosphere like at the Emirates uh, pre-game? Was it was it nervous? Was it kind of rocking? I mean, you know, they certainly had something to rock about quite quickly after the game started. Mm. But what was your pre-game experience being at the Emirates? I mean, pre-game it was really it was less it was less tense I would say than the North London derby. It was really um, optimistic. I think there's there was a general sense of acknowledgement that is sort of as you mentioned we've not done well against Liverpool at all over the last four or five years. But everyone sort sort of acknowledged that if we were going to sort of turn a corner against them, then yesterday was the day to do that. We've started the season incredibly well. They've been um, they've been very very poor, you know, if if for one of a better word, and um, and so there there it was an optimistic atmosphere. Everyone was just sort of trying to keep their spirits up. I got to the stadium 
probably about 45 minutes before kickoff. I got to my seat around 45, 30 minutes before kickoff. Nice. The Ashburton Army were there. The team news was out. I think everyone was very positive about the lineup. Um, Tommy Asu coming in, which we'll discuss because I think that was the masterstroke by Arteta putting him at left back. And uh, and we sort of probably have forgotten just how accomplished he is as a defender. And he really showed it yesterday. But um, but it was a positive atmosphere. Everyone was talking, just sort of saying, would you think we can do it? Do you think we can do it? And most mm. people were saying, yeah, they were, I heard a lot of two nils, two ones. Um, battered around a lot of people saying would you settle for a point and and the reply more often than not was no this is our chance to beat them and we've mm. got to take it and and we started like we were going to take it and obviously we ended up did but yeah it was positive I mean what was it like watching it what was the pre-match build-up like yeah it, it was like you I was just feeling quite excited I was nervous to be fair because as confident as I was you know, I think just because of how big an opportunity I felt it was and how capable I think that we were to, to get a result, I was just, you know, that expectation was was weighing relatively heavy. Uh, but, you know, I had a, had a beer, tried to calm myself down. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was sort of, again, sort of, uh, as the team news came out, I was actually outside in the garden mowing the lawn, so I was kind of a bit distracted. And then I saw uh, Tommy Asu starting at left back which was the only sort of surprising uh point of the point of the lineup i really liked that kind of decision i mean obviously zinchenko wasn't in the squad uh he's got uh, another muscle injury i think it's a calf issue this time mm. so yeah, that's something to, to worry about slightly but you know i i, I did think that kieran tinney would start a left back but obviously hadn't considered the idea of tommy asu sort mm. of starting there properly but i think you know, Arteta did it a couple of times last season, and he did it against Leeds at, at home when when we played against them, and obviously to neutralise the threat that Rafinha posed on the right hand side. He did it against Spurs as well, but that didn't work so well because we had Cedric Suarez up against Hyunming <laughs> Son. But in terms of you know physical presence, height, two footedness. Having a right footer up against Salah on that right hand side, you know, as Salah likes to cut in, and Tommy Asu, we anticipated would be able to deal with his the threat that he posed, at, and it and it tra- transpired that way. I, he was excellent throughout the game, uh, won all his duels, um, won his won his battles. He on the ball as well. He's, he was brilliant, really calming presence, slotted in seamlessly. So I think you know that decision, as you say, by Arteta was 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 a masterstroke. You know, definitely kind of set the tone, I think, for a, for a positive start to the game. And, and, and it came very, very, very quickly. I think it went, to, it actually started with um, with Allison playing a really nice outside of the foot 60 yard pass towards um, Luis Diaz. And this was obviously in the first sort of 30 seconds of the match. So you sort of saw him play this. Oh, well, they've started confidently. And then, yes, yeah, Saliba actually had two bites at it and the first time kind of missed it got a foot in but the second time really made a strong standing tackle looked very composed played it to Ben White who played it to Saka and then Saka drove down I guess it was he was driving at Simakas but as he was driving what was nice to see is that Erdogan, Gabriel Jesus, and then Martinelli on the far-hand side were all keeping pace with him. Mm. So we had a sort of four-on-four, four-on-five attack. 
plays it into Erdegaard, and and what a nice assist. I mean, it just that's exactly what he's there to do, Martin Odegaard. It's what he can do. We know he's got the vision and, and the technical ability to execute those passes, but but that's a lot easier said than done, and he just plays that pass straight through that channel between Matip and Alexander-Arnold, takes them both out the move, and it's a brilliant finish from Martinelli. It's not an easy finish. First time against Alisson, who, despite um, sort of Liverpool's failings this season, I think Alex Alisson has been consistently still very good in goal for them and come up with some world-class saves over the course of the season so far. And uh, and he just dispatches that instantly, perfectly, first time. And before you know it, 58 seconds into the game, and we're 1-0 up and you're sort of thinking, well, the pessimist in me is thinking, well, have we scored too early? Um, which I'm sure you probably thought that as well. But the optimist was like, well, could we go on and get a second within the next 10 minutes and I'm in a third and put this game to bed. You know, I, I, I celebrated pretty intensely, but then there was a moment of kind of like, oh, I'm just going to hold off a bit because Saka, you know, he looked kind of really on the borderline of offside. But yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant ball from Erdegaard. Great finish. As you say, Alisson's probably one of the best goalkeeper in the world, sort of one-on-one goalkeeping. And, and he does it a lot because Liverpool are sort of quite leaky at the moment. But even after that, for a few minutes, we looked really dangerous on the counter. There was a moment when Martinelli absolutely skinned Luis Diaz, who's no slouch himself, uh, absolutely tore past him on the left wing. And, um, you know, we looked really dangerous. But then it... Liverpool did get the ball down and started playing. And mm-hmm. I thought they played really well. And I think it was maybe a case of scoring too early because we just, we couldn't get a foothold in the game. We we couldn't string, you know, more than a pass together. Liverpool were, as we saw with the Alisson, um, sort of outside of the foot clearance initially that led to our goal in the end. Liverpool were looking to play the ball in behind and they had, they've obviously got a fantastic sort of set of players capable of doing that, the likes of Van Dijk and, and Alexander-Arnold, Thiago. And I thought they found their range of passing brilliantly. Mm. I think, you know, they they were growing into it and, and we were sort of retreating into ourselves. Having said that, you know, there wasn't loads of direct threat. Um, but then it, it, it did sort of start building the pressure. And there was, a, there was an incident sort of in, I think it was the 15th minute, uh, Gabrielle, on the left-hand side of the penalty box, sort of hand outstretched, quite close to his body, and there was a potential penalty check. And and from the replays on the on the TV, I was like, "Ooh, that looks like a penalty." And obviously, mm. Gary Neville didn't help by being like, "Oh, that might be a penalty." Yeah, well, I, I'll touch on a few things. Firstly, the Saka offside because I, I read about that that Hawkeye blind spot, which is I think probably very fortuitous for us. But I thought mm. that goal was going to be ruled out because they actually put. On the two big monitors in the Emirates, they put VAR, like a VAR signal up. And they very rarely do that at the Emirates. For instance, when the Gabrielle penalty handball was being checked, they didn't do that. And usually when they've done that in the past, it usually indicates that the referee is going to be asked to go to the monitor to review. Look, fortunately, there was a there was a tech. The tech was limited. There was a blackout, whatever. There who was. cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares? The goal stood and we, we, we won the game. But... At that point in time, I was quite worried for the goal. For the Gabriel Hambu, I um I yeah, I also did manage to see it because as you know where where my seats are in the stadium, we're sort of one row back from sort of the gantry where a lot of the media sit. And 
we're directly actually behind NBC. So I got the pleasure of sort of seeing Graham Nassau quite a lot yesterday. <laughs> and uh, and they have two monitors uh, in front of them, which which we can all look at as, as fans sort of peering over their shoulders. So we, we got to see all the all the VAR replays for um, for the handball, for the offside. And I, and I also was worried that would be given as a penalty because it does quite clearly strike his hand. And I think if that had have been against us, we, we really would have protested as fans mm. and said that should have been a penalty. But maybe, look, and I really don't think we're in a title challenge and I'm so, sure we'll get to this later on, but maybe if we're going to have a successful season, you just get the rub of the green sometimes. And I think yesterday, we uh, all, all the luck basically went our way. And... Um, and those were two fifty fifties. I think there were occasions last year when, you know, we were playing quite well, but you could see that we were sort of really maximising uh, what we had at our disposal. And, you know, we had a couple of really good halves against Manchester City and Liverpool. Mm. But then we'd sort of, you know, lose control and a decision would go against us and then we'd react negatively. And then it would sort of spiral out of control and, and, and the 50-50 calls wouldn't necessarily go our way. But this season, I think, you know, it's hard to measure these sorts of things. And because the consensus in the media and and just everyone football orientated are recognising Arsenal as a, as a real force this season. And I think it's sort of helping maybe with these fine margins because, you know, mm. you, you can't quite tell exactly what goes into these decisions falling your way. But I think also an ap- the atmosphere is definitely part of it as well. I think the home advantage and making the Emirates like a fortress, as you said, is really sort of helping things just go our way ever so slightly to then maybe influence the referee. And, and, and as you, as you say, those, those sort of 50, 50 calls on against Liverpool did go our way and we'll get onto a Mm. few more uh, as we keep going throughout the game with Gabriel. He did look a bit shaky as we were talking about last week and Mm. then Liverpool continued to play the ball in behind. And there was a moment of hesitation from Gabriel and he sort of half swiped at it didn't make it. Saliba comes across to cover. Luis Diaz does really well. Take it round him. Puts it on a plate for Darwin Nunez. And Gabriel can't get back. And, and it's a really smart finish from Nunez to make it one all. It was deserved, I think. Yeah, we, we we didn't have a footing in the game, probably, you know, after the sort of fifth minute up until the moment that they scored. And I thought, I, I was worrying at that point because I thought we're not really we haven't been in this game and, and we're so mm. used to making these fast starts and and that's when you think well maybe we made too fast a start i would agree with you i think as you sort of alluded to they they dominated that first half i thought our our goal to go to one up was sort of against the run of play i think tiago's just an incredible oh, footballer. He had a brilliant half didn't he yeah, I mean, I just love watching him. The way it, it, he's one of those, some of those these players that play for obviously our rivals, they're very easy to dislike. Kane, mm. Son, Bruno Fernandez, I detest all of them. Yeah. Thiago, <laughs> Thiago for me is very hard to dislike just because of yeah, his I agree. technical excellence. Like the way he just drops in, he's so press resistant. He picks the passes off of the center backs and just in one movement spins them out to a fullback or to a wide, wide forward and gets an attack going there. Yeah. I mean, they, they played really well party. Well, they, they nullified party. They nullified Xhaka in the first half as well. And Erdegaard after his assist. So our midfield 
was really, really limited. We couldn't progress play through the middle, so we were having to use the width of the pitch, which I guess Ben White and Tommy Asu aren't natural carriers of the ball. They're not like, um, I don't know, they're, they're not as technically progressive as, let's say, Trent or Rhys James once you get into the opposition's half. So they sort of limited us a bit there. But I just thought they, they pinned us back well. They obviously had mm-hmm. almost a 4-2-4 starting with Jota and Nunes. So they were able to pin both our centre-backs. And then their their wingers, Salah was probably the quietest out of the four of them. But Luis Diaz, I thought, played really well coming inside and moving across the centre-back, sort of like he did for their goal, where he picked it up. And 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 that's what they did actually for both their goals, is they managed to flip our centre-back so that Gabriel ended up in right centre-back and Saliba was in the left centre-back position. And when you do that, you're sort of in trouble as a defensive team because if you've been flipped, that means you've lost sort of goal. You've not gone goal-side or you've not been able to stay goal-side the whole time. Mm. And... Um, and yeah, they 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 scored a goal which which they deserved. I, as you know, as you mentioned, they didn't pepper Ramsdale. They had three shots on target all game. Obviously, two of those were the goals, and I think one was there was a shot which Ramsdale parried in the first half before mm. they scored. So it's not like we were really under obscene amounts of pressure, but they just slowly pushed us back five yards every five minutes to the point where it seemed like a goal was coming, but. As has been the case so far this season, when we've conceded, there's sort of sort of quiet and introspection for five to ten seconds, and then a big, big roar, a big mm. come on Arsenal, mm. and everyone is buying in. They're on their feet, they're clapping, they're cheering as the ball makes its way to the centre circle for kickoff. And that has to give the players a lift because I've never and I've I've you know, I was at the first game in the Emirates Stadium when it opened. Mm. I've been going ever since, and I've never experienced that after we've conceded ever. Not after, not under Wenger during that sort of young project youth 2007-2008 team. Not under the team with Sanchez, Ozil, Cazorla, Giroud that finished second and won three FA Cups in four years. This is the first time I've ever experienced that, and and it's really really positive, and it means that the players. If they do make a mistake, if they do concede a goal, they don't feel like they're going to get crucified by their own fans. And, and we've crucified a lot of players at the Emirates. And 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 a lot of them have deserved it because they've not honoured the club. They've not honoured honored the badge. And these players, they're doing their best to do that. And so they deserve our support. And, and that showed because after we went and conceded, I think it, it sort of levelled out and we slowly got more... And more back in the game and you know we got again a bit of luck a counter-attack we broke and, and, and we scored we sort of sucker punched them to make it 2-1 just before stroke of half time you know jesus i think took the ball and turned one of their midfielders really well i think it was from their own free kick actually mm. and uh, then martinelli did did really well down the left hand side gabriel was up there storming storming up uh, as the as a center forward center forward presence and then Martinelli managed to sort of slide it across to Saka, who stretched in to sort of prod it home from about one yard out. Again, I was slightly worried about offside, but then very quickly after the replays saw that it wasn't. Mm. I mean, it was against the run of play, I thought, but 
it was brilliant to see that our our threat remained intact, uh, our counter-attacking prowess, and Martinelli again at the heart of it. I thought, I mean, we'll get onto him a bit more, but he was just you know so dangerous throughout, and his technical ability as well to pick out Saka to carry the ball and then for Saka to get there and finish. I think that's really good for him because you know he he that's definitely part of his game that he maybe wants to improve sort of getting on the end of things and and always being in those dangerous goal scoring positions and we started the second half quite well I thought mm. but then Liverpool in the same sort of way that we sucker punched them at the end of the first half sort of did that to us and like you say Saliba and Gabriel were sort of twisted out of position Jota plays a lovely ball through to Firmino and who who plants a brilliant finish into the bottom right hand corner. I don't think Ramsdale could have done anything about that. I think the second half was almost the inverse of the first half in many ways. We we absolutely dominated them. They had one shot on target, which was their goal. But even before before they scored, as you mentioned, yeah, we came out of the blocks firing. We were ready to one up and looked like we were really just pushing for that third to go through one up and kill it. Erdegaard actually had a very good chance where he mm. shoots straight at Allison. I actually think because he usually plays the pass rather than shooting. And in that instant, had he just sort of played it round the corner Saka was open. to Saka, Saka was open. Uh, and maybe that was the better option. But yeah, they scored. And when when it went to two-all, you just kind of thought, oh shit, well, you know, are we going to accept the point? Especially mm-hmm. after, you know, we didn't score. It wasn't like we responded five minutes later and went three to up. It was sort of 20 minutes later where we got the penalty. So it was a long period of play between 2-2 and 3-2. And during that time, we completely dominated. We dominated the, the ball. We dominated the territory. Mm. Xhaka was getting a lot of joy. They obviously, one thing to mention is Trent came off at half-time, whether that was humiliation that made him sort of feign an injury or an actual injury. Um remains to be seen but he was really given a run around by Martinelli and we really exposed his defensive sort of frailties and Joe Gomez came on and Gomez is, is, is probably a better defender than Trent Alexander-Arnold in many ways but he's not I don't think he's a right back he's a centre back and and he wasn't getting his distances right between Matip uh, and later Canate and Jack was getting joy through that half space and Martinelli was getting joy out wide of him and Tommy Asu is getting more and more um, time and freedom to play as an inverted sort of left left back slash central midfielder, as we've seen Zinchenko do so so often this season, and that was allowing us to build up play a lot smoother, not necessarily quicker, but just it was a smoother build up. It was mm. much more calculated, and we were going from A to B to C um, in a much more coordinated way. And, and actually opening them up systematically uh, and repeatedly. And there was quite a few times where Jack would sort of be able to drive a low cross across the box. And that's mm. what eventually sort of led to, to the move that led to the penalty. It was sort of pinballing around in the box. And then Jesus puts out a foot, gets the ball, and then is, is sort of brought down by Thiago. Gabriel Jesus goes down, he feels the contact. Whether it was minimal or not, there is a bit of contact. He goes down, makes a decent meal of it. And then, you know, his reaction, the player's reaction, the fans going crazy. Mm. Michael Oliver points to the spot. And then after that, it's kind of like, well, VAR probably aren't going to overturn it because it's, you know, there is contact. It's a soft one. And I think if it was given the other way around, we'd we'd feel probably a bit hard done by. 
which is always a good way of measuring it. But again, one of those those fine margins that went went our way. I mean, just before we we talk more about the penalty and, and the way we closed the game, I mean, just thinking about it now, you know, obviously Trent Alexander Arnold went off at half time. Mohamed Salah was substituted mm. just before seventy minutes. I mean, well done to Tommy Asu because he completely mm. nullified him. But you know, you think about that in the context of Trent, Salah, Luis Diaz were all off by, you know, 70 minutes. I think Jota went off at like 75 minutes or something like that. Mm. I mean, for for Jürgen Klopp to take Salah off and he bought on... Who did you bring on for Salah, was it? Fabinho came on. Fabinho uh, came on. Fabinho and Canate. Canate was came on. Harvey Elliott. Yeah, but you know, it was well. it was for Salah. That was came, for Jota. Yeah, Salah came off and Henderson was then pushed out sort of wide. And yeah, it just kind of made you think, what is Jurgen Klopp going for a draw? And you know, they definitely sort of lacked the legs in that second half in a way that Arsenal were, you know, as you say, we were pinning them back and, and really playing with, with energy and 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 sort of uh, purpose. And as you say, the pressure was building and, and we managed to kind of make it count. And the penalty decision went our way. Bakayo Saka stepped up. Though I, I went through it, it was a funny little sort of mental mental game that went through my head as he stepped up. I felt really nervous initially. I felt really kind of, oh, I, I don't know about this. Allison's a big guy in goal. Saka, you know, you, you've got in the back back of your mind just the big moment, the the England penalty miss. And then actually, I thought, you know what? We're in such a good moment right now. Saka has stepped up and taken penalties, big penalties against Chelsea and Manchester United since then. And th- this is just our moment. And I, I and I switched, my mindset switched and I just went, you know what, Saka's scoring this. I'm very confident. And he stepped up and he absolutely dispatched it into the into the corner. Alisson went the right way, but no chance. And I mean, what a release of of energy and, and pressure and, and relief and just brilliant kind of celebration. I presume it was pandemonium in the stadium. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was great. But actually, before the penalty, just to go back a bit, there was obviously a lengthy stoppage in the build-up, and there was there was a lot of. I think it was two and a half minutes between Michael Oliver pointing to the spot and Saka taking the penalty, and in that time, there was a whole sort of a fracas between Gabriel and Jordan Henderson. Jack had got involved. There's now we've obviously heard today that the the FA are investigating comments that I think. Jordan Henderson allegedly made to Gabriel. I know we don't have any details or any details aside from ones that are public on that. So there's no point really speculating on what happened, but it did get very feisty on the pitch. And actually, Michael Oliver ran over and had a word with Klopp and Arteta together. At first, you sort of saw him running over. He spoke to them and obviously brought them up to speed with what had happened on the pitch. And actually at full time, I think it was the Brazilian... There was a lot of Brazilian players playing yesterday. There was Alisson, there was Fabinho, there was obviously Gabi, Gabi, Gabi from our side. Um, And there was like a sort of Brazilian congregation on the pitch at the full-time whistle. I don't know if it was all five of the Brazilian players. Fabinho, Alisson, Gabriel, Gabriel, and one more. And I think Gabriel at Martinelli, uh, Jesus had obviously come off, yeah, and so maybe he didn't get involved. But there was, there was a, there was um, 
I don't know if that if they were just catching up maybe about you know who's going to make the World Cups, but obviously Bobby Firmino was also there yeah. as a Brazilian. So there were a lot of Brazilians, and they all they did. There was I think a conversation, and they must have spoken a bit about whatever happened because it seemed to really rattle Gabriel, and uh, and as you said, Jack have got involved very quickly, and it all escalated, and then. And then it was de-escalated, and I was watching Saka a lot of the time. He was holding the ball, just wandering around. You, know, you sort of forget. I forgot that all of that happened before the penalty because, like, the second half was the same as the first in, in the sense that there were all these stoppages and, you know, pauses and, and uncertainty as to exactly what was going on. And obviously, you know, no point speculating what was, what exactly what might may or may not have been said, but it definitely appeared as if Gabriel was very upset about something that Jordan Henderson said to him which led to Xhaka's kind of response and and sort of then, as you say, the kind of huddle of Brazilian players at the end of the game. But we'll, we'll sort of watch that space. But yeah, you were watching Xhaka. Jack- uh, and I was very nervous. I, I was not as... I was... I, I wasn't... I didn't think he was going to miss, but I thought Alisson was going to save it. If that made sense. If that... you I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, obviously. no, it does. It does, it does. I think Alisson's a very... He's a, first, he's a very good penalty-saving goalkeeper and he's very imposing... Yeah, they mentioned goal. that. They mentioned that on the Sky Sports commentary as well. <laughs> but he, yeah, he is. He's very, very imposing. And I just thought Sack is. It's going to have to be a very good penalty to beat him. And and you know it was. And and after that, after we went three to up, I wasn't worried. I know it was nervy toward the end, and we actually. Spoke. I agree. I was the same with you actually. Yeah, it, we, 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 the game management was very, very good, I thought, from Arteta. We we used our subs really well because they'd used all five subs. Mm. And I don't think we'd used any. Uh, and we sort of drip by drip fed our players into the game. Gabriel Jesus got a knock and Ketia came on. Vieira came on for Odegaard. Before the penalty, so who's going to come yeah. on anyway? He, he was stripped off, yeah. You know, we were going to win the game, and 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 in contrast to Jurgen Klopp, obviously had had hooked Salah and Jota, and and so yeah. I mean, after the goal, we were playing. I mean, there's that famous quote from Arteta after the you know from the Watford game last season when you you know you get you 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 get the lead and then you need to close the game by stringing together three hundred thousand passes or something. Mm. And we, and we kept the ball really well and we were dominant. And like you, I was feeling very confident. It wasn't, even though there was only a goal in it, there was not the same kind of nervousness that there has been, especially over the last year when we've sort of clung on to results. We looked really composed and assured. I thought Liverpool as well just ran out of steam and, and it was kind of, uh, uh, it was a smooth sailing sort of final 15 minutes mainly. Mm. I mean, there are probably a few moments, but uh, I think my my sort of memories clouded a bit just because the, the jubilation of of uh of that goal and, and then getting the result but was there anything in that final 15 minutes after Saka scored the penalty I mean the celebrations were brilliant I thought Saka I mean to get two goals against Liverpool uh a brilliant brilliant thing to see Martinelli again obviously uh goal and assist and Jesus obviously did well for the penalty so that that whole front line contributing mm. so well with such power and penetration and you sort of contrast you know Jesus kind of uh, performance compared to Lacazette last season in the, especially in the second half when uh, Liverpool beat us at the Emirates and you know Lacazette was just absolutely shackled they weren't bothered about him they just left him alone yeah it's an entirely different proposition now so 
this was resounding in the end. You know, the expected goals, Arsenal ended on something, I think it was just over three. Liverpool, I think it was just over one. So I think it got, re- I got readjusted. I saw Liverpool's XG to like 0.89 or 0.83, which is their lowest ever XG. Yeah, in in a, in a Premier League game under Klopp, so that was that was positive. I just to mention what you were saying about Arsenal seeing it out. There were two things I just thought of. The first thing was um, there has been obviously discussion about Gabriel Jesus's sort of concussion or not concussion which I thought was interesting because in the stadium it looked very worrying and you saw the Liverpool players sort of signal very worriedly towards the sidelines to get medical attention onto him and I thought that was his game done obviously he passed all the, I don't know if they are the necessary requirements or if they're stringent enough sort of tests but he passed whatever's in place to be allowed to stay on whether what's in place is enough I think is a separate conversation but Mm. he did look all right when he came back on and I think he went when he came off it was uh it wasn't a related head injury you know after that there was a point where he was you know running through sort Mm. of oh and got clattered by Allison and then in between Allison and Van Dyke and so and you know there was the knock for the penalty and so you know he's really putting himself about yesterday but um yeah it was an interesting yeah. conversation to have because he definitely looked as if he, for a moment, he was not conscious, but he sort of got up and looked quite sort of alert and on it straight away. So that was... Yeah, I think... Yeah, the way he fell, I think, is what caught most people because he's sort of just like... He didn't fall, he collapsed. And, sort of crumbled um, into, onto the floor flat, yeah. Yeah, and um, and it was worrying. And, I, and I, all of us in, in, in the stands are sort of you know, waiting with bated breath. I have to say, I mean, I enjoyed watching the second half, but a lot of that game I did not enjoy watching because there was just so much stopping and starting and, uh, you know, Liverpool played so well in the first half and, and you know, I, I really enjoyed, you know, towards the end of it, of course. But, yeah, it was it was a crazy game looking back on it and, you know, five goals and 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 for us to come out on top convincingly as well. Was was such a brilliant thing. I mean, scenes at full time. I mean, Arteta looked absolutely oh, so unbelievably ecstatic and and mm. thrilled and you know vindicated and and proud and all of these things because I think you know he hasn't had that result really more recently. I you know I know he beat Liverpool a couple of times and Community Shield and in the league when they won the league and beat Man City in the FA Cup and we've had a few good good wins and statement performances here and there, but for this to come during this excellent run of form against a really good Liverpool side, albeit not playing so well at the moment. Mm. Players as well, you know, they're jumping up up on top of each other, piling on top of each other. You could see how thrilled they have been because they, I think they knew how big an opportunity that was. And they didn't, we, we didn't see the, the opportunity be too much for them. They, they played their game. And it's like we said last week, I was confident that, we were going to play our game and that's why I wasn't nervous. I didn't see us sort of caving under the pressure and in the end we didn't. And I think, you know, we, we must celebrate that because I think it's a real sign of maturity of this team and to sort of beat Liverpool, regardless mm. of how well they're playing at the moment, you know, it was a big test and, and we passed it with, within the end, we're with flying colours. Yeah, I think, and what was really nice about full time, and I sort of mentioned this after we spoke, um, or when we spoke after the after the North London derby, is that result 
was was so secure in the sense that we were three one up. We had a two goal cushion. We had a player cushion. Spurs weren't getting anywhere near us, and so the jubilation for that result sort of came when Gabriel Jesus scored or when Xhaka scored, but not at the full time whistle because. Mm-hmm. On the 80th minute, Spurs had taken all of their players off and they were just sort of letting us knock it around the back. They weren't pressing us. But actually, this game was completely different. And while between sort of the 73rd minute when Jacques, when Saka has the penalty to like the 89th minute, we're pretty secure. There were five minutes of added time. There was mm. another lengthy stoppage in added time. Again, I can't remember what for, but it would end up going to nearly 100 minutes. Mm. And come the like sort of third minute of added time, Allison was just lumping the ball long into our final third, and Party won a few crucial headers to knock it out, and we were just sort of getting it long in the last two minutes, and everyone around the stadium was whistling, you know, mm. sort of checking for the final whistle, and when that whistle went, it oh. was pandemonium, and it was. And it, I don't want to say we were robbed of that against Spurs because it was it was much more relaxing against Spurs. Like I think everyone yeah. was on on the brink of a heart attack last night in in the, at the Emirates come the 96th minute. But actually, that feeling at, at full time of like wow, we've seen this through, and the music goes and every we saw Arteta's reaction and the players sort of some of them dropped to their knees. There was a video of. Um, doing the rounds of Zinchenko in the stands, going absolutely mental. That was was just, that release was was deserved. And all the fans and all the players and everyone sort of earned that massive, massive release uh, at full time. And that we, 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 we didn't get after the North London derby. It was so much more subdued because of the red card and the two goal cushion that this was like a real celebration and actually and and in terms of atmospheres at the Emirates I can only think of one atmosphere that was on a par with this and that was when we beat Barcelona 2-1 mm. um the Arshavan goal there was there was a, one other which was Henri's goal against Leeds but that was a goal it was in a whole game and it was a, it was an FA Cup third round tie this was at, half, at full time the crowd were ecstatic and, and only against Barcelona when we won can I remember it like that it takes it I think it was like it's across this season and last season now that's about eight or nine home wins in a row we've won the North London derby which you, you mentioned but then this one was arguably even bigger just in terms of mm. its its kind of uh significance as to where we are in the in the in the process and in our in a, in the journey massive massive result massive performance let's just round up with a few sort of overall takeaways from the game i mean i'll start with with gabriel martinelli he's played well against liverpool in the past i mean he absolutely roasted alexander arnold last season but you know we lost 2-0 because we couldn't sort of match his brilliance but this time he did the same thing but he added end product he scored a brilliant goal, as we mentioned. Lovely assist for Saka. He was running with the ball. Mm. He was tracking back. His pace, his his sort of penetration, the way he was sort of holding onto the ball as well in in sort of from wide areas coming inside, then laying it out outside. I mean, he was just exceptional. And and there's news today uh, speculating about whether he's he's going to sign a new contract quite soon. Uh, I think the Times are reporting that he's in line to double his wages. I mean, he's been saying that 
he really wants to stay at Arsenal. And I mean, you know, he is he is really turning into something at the moment before our eyes. The raw talent was was always there, but it's being matched by physical uh, development and and end product at the moment. And I think, you know, he, surely he's got to go to the World Cup with, with Brazil, the way that he's playing. He's just got to keep it up. But he was sensational. And, you know, Saka scored two goals as well. Jesus played well. But but he was he was really sort of the, the man of the match in the end. Was there any other players that you wanted to single out for a bit of praise other than Martinelli? Uh, Tommy Asu for me. I just yeah. thought Tommy Asu... We've actually not mentioned Ben White. Going yeah. forward, I actually thought that this was his best game. He looked yeah. really dangerous making his well. overlapping runs. But but the way Tomiyasu, I just think is we he's it's the first league game he started this season, and Salah it's just the Salah was anonymous, and Salah's not been, yeah, he's not been having his best season. But Salah was completely anonymous. And that diagonal pass from Van Dijk to Salah, which has so often been on for Liverpool over the last um, sort of four or five years, just wasn't on. There was no out ball because he... I mean, he reminds me a lot of Bakary Sanya in terms of aerial reliability. But yeah, I really, really thought he had a great game. And... and, and if he can play that well at left back, it does show how well Ben White's been playing at right back because left back isn't his first choice position. And actually, we you sort of mentioned Gabriel's been a bit rash. I wouldn't want to drop him, but I would be very interested to see a back four of Ben White, Saliba, Tommy Asu at left centre back, and then if fit, Zinchenko at left mm. back and how that works because I think that would be a really, really... Um, tough back four to break down but yeah I mean the whole team deserve praise and we don't have the time to go through each and every one of them individually but for me Tommy Asso and Martinelli stood out let's leave the Liverpool conversation there and and quickly look ahead we've got a Europa League game against Bodo Glimt huge rotation I'm hoping I mean they were actually a decent side I thought when, yeah. when we played them at the Emirates last last week but 3-0 same again, please. That would be very nice. Get those, get some minutes into the into the squad players' legs. Rest the big guns for Leeds on Sunday, an away game. That's travel. That's that's minutes. That's you know miles of travel. So it's a big test this week, actually, and it will be interesting to see how we manage the squad and hopefully, you know, don't have any fitness issues to deal with. Hopefully, Zinchenko can get back fit. But let's continue this momentum and. I think, look, it's a great chance now with these two games and then moving forwards, there, there's more sort of games that we, you, you deem as perhaps winnable. I mean, I know we've got PSV, I think, coming up, you know, Southampton away next week. So, you know, quite a few away games. But I think it's a great chance for us to, to continue this momentum. And as as we all know, we are top of the league at the moment. So let's keep it going. Is there anything else you want to touch on just before we wrap up for today? No, no, I think you've sort of wrapped it up really well. Got to see, um, got to see a lot of rotation on Thursday. But we, but we got to, we got to get three points. We got to win. We, um, win a good position. And if we can go into the PSV double header having nine from nine, then, then that would be good because they're a very good team actually. PSV and Cody Gakpo, who obviously has been linked with us and leads in a, a host of other Premier League clubs, is having a fantastic season. 
Javi Simons, who they've picked up from PSG, is is doing really well in midfield. And and so, you know, I'm sure we'll discuss PSV Arsenal at a later date. But I, I, I want us to win this group and, and, and that has sort of fixture benefits for us later down the line. So we need to take it seriously, but I'm sure we'll see the rotation. And then Leeds on Sunday is another big test. We've we've done really well. Three really good wins on the bounce. Brentford away. We forget how well we played then in a tough tough game where um where last season we obviously got beat. But bring it on, you know. Definitely. We're the form, we're, we're the form team in the league, and I'm sure the opponents play, playing us are. Are far, far more scared of us than we are of them right now. Indeed. Johnny, let's leave it there for today. It's been a pleasure catching up and we'll speak to you next week when we catch up to digest all things Europa League against Bodo Glimt and Leeds in the Premier League. Plenty more football, lots more analysis and chatter to come. You can find Johnny on Twitter at his new handle at jbornrosen. That's jbornrosen. Football Transfer News official on Instagram and Football Transfer News on Facebook. A quick reminder, you can now find each and every episode that sums it all up wherever you get your podcasts including spotify and apple podcasts be sure to follow the podcast on twitter at that sums it all up and instagram at that sums it all up pod thank you for listening take care and we'll be back soon until next time goodbye and it's adams put through by bold would you believe it that sums it all